Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fam, Friends, and Magic. It's a Magic the Gathering podcast about magic and the gathering. Yeah, smooth. That's what I did right there. It's a new piece, new intro. That's what I like about it. My name's Bill Grennan. Everyone calls me Brasky, and today I am joined, as always, by the Mighty Linguini, Caroline Cavanaugh, and in Extrad, Nick Price. What's up, fam? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, <laughs> if we're going to start this off on SpongeBob this early... We're going to get going on the podcast this early about how ready y'all are. I'm ready. <laughs> to preface this for all the folks listening at home, we've been, they've Still been ready. saying that they've been ready for what I would say is the better part of half an hour. And I think now they might just finally be ready to actually talk about some Magic the Gathering. I'm not certain. Caroline, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, great. We're, I'm not even going to ask if Nick is ready. We're just going to be moving on because there's plenty to talk about today. You probably I am can't not. hear Nick anyway, so it's okay. It's true. It's true. He will show up when he feels like it, you know, for the most part. Maybe we'll dignify his so excited his to record point. this podcast. He might be with that yeah. other team, that other podcast. It's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. I wonder how long we'll keep going with this just to make sure that he feels really, really involved in the whole cast. I'm ready uh, to well, go to go on with it as long as it takes. Yeah, yeah, he will. He will. And as long as it takes, well, it's kind of important that we do have Nick around here because he's going to be running our fun little fun topic activity game for today as well. But before we get to that, we have to know what we're, we we can't forget about what we did this past week. We need to be in a realm of enjoying Magic the Gathering because we're going to be talking about the Forgotten Realms in many different ways with some of our card picks. But before we even do that, we need to know how our week in Magic has been. And so, oh, wow, Nick, you're here. Perfect timing. How was your week in Magic? Well, I mean, Magic this past week for me has been kind of a forgotten realm, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you, did there. you get half think, a brassy buck for that one. <laughs> I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show before, or maybe it was on it was on like the other episode. Um, but I've kind of been taking a break from competitive Magic. I think it was such an important part of my life for the past year um, that you know after the the last set championship I was in, which was called time, you know, I did well and then I didn't and I felt pretty bad about that. So I decided to just step back from competitive magic. So, you know, I've spent the last week, two weeks, month, two months uh, trying out other games, playing more battlegrounds, trying out storybook brawl, thanks to Caroline, as usual, who who gets me onto auto battlers and just, you know, buying some stuff in the Steam sale. It's the Steam summer sale. So I picked up a bunch of roguelites. So I've been enjoying other stuff, but you know, I've still been playing magic. I've been drafting Strixhaven and Modern Horizons 2 on Modo before uh, before they rotate out of the client to be replaced by uh, D&D. You know, I, I got to say, I got to say as well, I am really glad that I was not aware of the Steam Summer Sale until just now. Otherwise, that would have been really bad for me. I'm one of those I mean, people that just has a consistent backlog of so many games that I probably will never play. But at the time when I saw them, I was like, oh, hey, 75% off, five bucks, why not? And it just kind of sits there. Right. And so if it's like I can think roguelites, I'll probably play storybook brawl. I'm probably going to play if I saw anything else that was in the summer, the summer, sta- the summer, sta- the steam summer sale. I would probably have bought it and then never played it. Yeah, I mean, you have three more days to buy stuff and never play them. Oh, no. OK, well, that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of this podcast. By the end of this podcast, I'll be like, all right, well, I've now bought $70 worth of games that I'm never going to play. But they were Why- on sale. Dang it. Why did I okay, need se- wait, wait. why did I need advanced versions of Cuphead? Quick question. How Answer. many Steam games do you have in your library? How many Steam games do I have in my library? That is a great question. I can probably answer that question if I look at my library. Okay, how many do you uh, have while Brask is looking? We want um two hundred twenty seven. Oh damn, that's more than me. 
Yeah, seriously. Yeah, mine mine is somewhere around seventy five. What? Well, vast majority of these I picked up like on deep deep sales. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, I have a hundred and twelve. Or wait, it says of two hundred and twelve. A hundred and ten not listed due to your filter. Oh wait, then I have one hundred seventeen. I don't know what this is not. Oh, you know what? Not listed must be like. Oh, those DLC. are tools. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I have okay, one hundred seventeen. So yeah. I have one hundred two. Okay, gotcha. so we're, we're much closer than we thought. Yeah, Maybe. much closer. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize there was Oof. even like background like tools in your Steam library. Yeah, I didn't either. So I'll explain why I have so many. So, um, ten years ago or more now, um, Steam's always been famous for their sales, but they did a a promotion involving Portal Two, uh, and it was a, it was I think it just might have been their summer sale with a theme, um, but one of the, the theme was that you had to buy a game that was like in their list and then do certain achievements in that game. And you'd get a potato that you just, you'd get a potato. <laughs> and then if you got enough of the potatoes, you got a golden potato and people with golden potatoes have it next to their name forever for all of history. I and know. it was related to portal Two. It was like a promo. And so I, I, mean, I did a bunch of those. It was fun. Like they were I'm like $5 a fan. games or $2 games or whatever. I mean, yeah, I'm always a fan of shiny carbs. You know, you give me some shiny carbs, like I'm in for that. To I never did the. I never got the golden potato. I gave up, but my friend did. I now know that at some point, uh, if we ever meet in person to play in person magic, I'm just gonna make a token for you. That's gonna like it'll be a treasure token, but it's gonna be a golden potato. Yeah. Like, let, let, yeah, that's exactly what that's gonna be. And to answer your question, I finally got my Steam library open. The answer to that is 258 games. Games, not tools. Correct. Damn. Tools. Tools is about 400. Holy moly, you have twice, you have 2x us. I think yes. Brasky, does Brasky win a point for having yeah. the most? Yeah. Most, Do I get most... my, I get a point of my own for having yeah. the, the yeah, biggest Brasky gets like, a, Steam a Brasky library? Brasky right? For, for yeah. having yep. the biggest Steam I think library. that's right. I think that's totally correct. Although, is it cheating if it's like multiple episodes of Telltale games, like Back to the Future mm, episodes no. 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, each are their own nah. game? No. I mean, I have, have multiple, to click on play, right? I have that's multiple Age of Empires, ep- like, editions, like... It's true. I, I am cheating a little bit of the fact that there's things like Bioshock and Bioshock Remastered, technically a different game. I mean, you bought it. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, See? exactly. <laughs> you gave them the money. You can call whatever you want. <laughs> Thank you. Steam has plenty of my little $3 purchases this entire time. Darn right. So, Caroline, if you're not in the massive search for golden potatoes in many different ways, how was your week in Magic? It was good. I actually played Magic. This is exciting. Wow. Is is this like the, the first week in a long time that you've played more Magic than me? Yeah. So yeah. Um, last weekend I played on Friday, I played a modern prelim. I dipped my toe into the world of Urza's saga, which I was not looking forward to. Um, I played a deck. Oh, no, I just called. I closed some windows. Um, I played a deck that it is based around a new card, a Modern Horizons 2 card called Glimpse of Tomorrow. Um, those may know it functionally as one-sided warp world. I love it. Um, but basically what it does is you cast it, um, sort of, I'll get to that. (laughs) You cast it and then you take all your permanents. So lands, tokens, creatures, artifacts, enchantments, whatever. And you count how many you have. So hopefully more than three. (laughs) And then you shuffle those into your deck. You don't shuffle the tokens, but they count in terms of the number. And then you flip over X cards and those are your new permanents. 
So if you have 10 permanents, you shuffle all the real cards into your deck, and then you flip over 10 cards, and those are your, those are, that's your new battlefield. Um, and the idea is that you're turning tokens, like things like treasure tokens, or um, like derpy creature tokens, like the O1 from Comedy Garden. Uh, you're turning it into a real permanent in your deck, which includes Nicholas. Yeah, that, I, I was about to say, like, it's, it's one of my favorite decks in Modern <laughs> because of this one card. Omnath, Locus oh, yeah. of Creation, baby. <laughs> my baby. Uh, it's, it's in here and it's great because when you do this Warp World thing, this, this Glimpse of Tomorrow thing, you get all these land triggers so you can go again. And Nicholas, I, I want to tell you, this deck has your favorite card and it actually has my favorite card in Magic History, which is Goblin Dark Dwellers. It what Wait, yeah oh, really okay okay wow. that makes sense okay. that makes sense and, so you can go again yeah yeah, yeah. right so, so here so here i'll explain so when i said cast chancellor i was kind of cheat or sorry cast glimpse of tomorrow is cheating because glimpse of tomorrow it, tomorrow is one of those cards that you could only um suspend it has no casting cost to it zero technically um and so what you do is you cheat it into play with um cascade so you have four violent outbursts and four uh what's the friend that just got released into uh shardless agent. shardless agent um and i think you have two of something else but it doesn't really matter so you're basically you want to get to turn you want to get to three mana and you or more and then you want to cast your cascade effect and the only mm -hmm. deck the only card that it will hit is glimpse of tomorrow because you have no permanence that costs less than three mana <laughs> yeah the or, deck is filled no out spells. with adventures right yeah it's, you have no yeah. spells no it doesn't even have adventures it's just it's tireless provisioner. You just have all three drops. It's a model. Oh, okay. Uh, your two drop in quotation is, uh, oh no, I don't know what it's actually called. It's the like flying wave sifter. Oh, it's a yeah. five mana something something flyer that you the can clue, pay two clue mall drifter. Yeah, you can pay two mana to just make two treasures or two clues, two clues. Yeah, so that that's your turn two play <laughs> is to make two clues. Oh yeah, because you evoke it right. Right, yeah, so you can evoke it. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And then that's sweet because those counts as permanence and they don't shuffle back in. Um, anyway, Goblin Dark Dwellers, what it does is when it comes into play, it can cast a card that's three or less, instant or sorcery three or less from your graveyard. So you can go again. And you actually do want to just keep going again because you do have a couple different ways to win on the spot. One of them, you have a one of Terror of the Peaks. That's like a <laughs> fun way to win on the spot. You have... Uh, Chancellor of the Forge, which says something along the lines of you, you can make X one ones. I think is for that each that creature one? you control. I think for each creature that came into play this turn. Yeah, one one haste. Yeah, yeah. So that so that way you can win instantly. And then the other way, it's not quite instant, but Scoot Swarm can get kind of out of hand. Um, <laughs> I will yeah. say Scoot yeah, Swarm is that. likely the you know the worst combo. Obviously, it's the same with like um, empty the warrens. Like empty the warrens was always the worst combo of, of storm, but like it's scoot swarm. So come at me. So yeah. so this deck really called to me, right? Because it has, you know, I love a good scoot swarm deck. I, I goblin guard dark dwellers is my favorite card from ever. So that was great. And it had omnath, which I would know would make Nick happy. So get I, I I need to to take the opportunity to 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 bust out some Modo knowledge. Did you know that that deck is bugged on Modo right now? Which way? If you flip two Omnaths and a bunch of lands, um, so all the triggers go on the stack, right? But the way Omnath is worded, it only lets you resolve each trigger once, right? 
So you should only be able to get gain 8 life for the first land trigger. Then you get 8 mana for the second land trigger, and then you deal 8 damage with the third land trigger. But the way it currently works on Moto is that you don't get any mana if you have multiple Omnaths and multiple lands coming into play at once, and you only gain a crap load of life. Really? That never came up for me. I played a whole thing with it. Yeah, I mean... I think it doesn't really change the outcome in the sense that if you flip two Omnaths into play and a bunch of lands, you're probably going to win anyway. But it actually was relevant in a match against me because I was playing black, red, like death shadow. Oh, and you, like they burn, just gained a bunch of life. And they gained like four, eight, twelve, twelve more life than they were supposed to. So they were just definitely out of burn range. Oh, that's sad. Oh, that's annoying. Um. Anyway, so that's what I did. And then I did play... Uh, I did play Pioneer on Sunday, but it's a lot less cool, so I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, we played Pioneer. It was a thing. Yeah, I did it. I showed up. <laughs> I left. And then I That's went just... to, tar- to Target. Well, it's okay, because, I mean, your attitudes towards Pioneer is obviously kind of also where Magic Arena is towards Pioneer, because they have that like, state <laughs> of the game that came out. It's like, we got all this stuff. We made a lot of improvements. By the way, Pioneer. Yeah, no, we're, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're off it. It's like, yeah, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Yeah, it's not really going to be happening. That's that's kind of where they've been at. I love the idea. Like, that is a deck where it's like, okay, all right. Maybe, like, if I could ever get my way into modern at some point as a player, like, that is a deck that I would love to play. I just like Glimpse of Tomorrow is a fun way of, you know, in a lot of the ways that I play Magic, especially if it's something like Commander, Glimpse of Tomorrow is great because it's chaotic, but it's chaotic for me and nobody else. Right. No, I'm so with you. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't like, I like playing chaotic decks, but not necessarily like only chaos for me and no one else. Cause I can appreciate that some of my opponents maybe like don't want all of their stuff shoveled into their, you know, deck. And then they pull that out. Cause then it's like, great. Why did I even play magic? All of my decisions <laughs> didn't make any sense. I was like, no, 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 it's just for me. Don't worry about it. But the fact that it's a suspend card is also like a really good thing. Like give me three turns just to like pump out a bunch of random tokens and stuff. So that then all of this stuff eventually, because yeah. that way it's sort of like this clock of doom and all Brasky is sitting here is just constantly making random tokens. It's like making some treasures. Here's some clues. Here's some other stuff. And everyone's just going, oh God, what the hell is going to happen? And then when it actually like pops off, just ridiculous stuff happens. I really like that. And the fact that there is a modern deck that basically makes like me as a general commander player being like, I like modern. Perhaps I shall play modern. Yes. That's what I like about that. Yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed the deck. It was it was fun. I, I will tell you, full spoilers, I think I went 2-2 or something. Like, it was... I did not break the format. So don't go jumping off into... I mean, that's the old... Buying all the cards. But. That's the old John Voro, right? In, in a prelim. Of course, yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, even to me, a slightly janky... A slightly janky 2-2... Two you might as well be telling me that this thing has an 85% win rate like that, that I, that I'm much rather in for that than just be like, Hey, here's a really awesome, like just really high efficiency deck. I'm like, no, 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 no. Give me the jank. As long as it's, as long as it's 50% win rate, I'm in. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> Perfect. As for my week in magic, I, you know, we did, uh, I did a couple of things over the past week or two, I should say. Uh, I did another casting event with the fine folks of the gaming stadium, along with uh, my friend here, Nick Price, which is always a lot of fun. It's a, they oh, do yeah. have, a lot of really cool uh, events. I think um, it, it's something where I, I do appreciate folks where if you're working in an event as a caster, you like to just know that production folks just have everything covered. 
And for the, you know, for doing two events with them, actually three, if you count like Hearthstone and other things, like they usually are really, really on top of things. And it's always a pleasure to, to cast for them. So we got to see a lot of uh, fun shenaniganery in the historic realm, including Dragonstorm, which then I tried to load into Magic Arena, seeing that there was a, a historic Dragonstorm deck. And then after doing so, I was like, oh, this literally requires 24 rare cards for me to even make and 12 mythics. I was like, I'm going to, can I proxy? No, apparently I can't. So I, I, at the very least, had a lot of fun putting that together. And then after that, I actually tried to climb ladder. I'll be darned if I wouldn't actually try to climb ladder in standard. Who I guess are you? I don't know. I always do this, though. At the Is end of a podcast, like, okay, the dynamics feel off. I'm, I'm now the, a spike. Oh, no, I'm the one taking a break. Yeah, he's taking a break. I'm going full spike on this thing. I was playing some red deck wins in standard. Why? I don't know. I just like, I guess I'm someone who actually, I really like to sit back until formats are kind of solved or people know what's good and what's not. So then I can just jump in and actually like try to do stuff. Big so move. it's like, great. Set's about to come out. Awesome. Let me take a look at some meta games. Let me take a look at like what was actually good and limited and all that stuff. So I actually went on ladder and looked at what I could actually put together in Magic Arena. And that was just mono red aggro in standard put that together started at the very bottom got up just past gold and got to what's next out of that platinum i think platinum tier is what's after that and said cool that's fun i don't know why but i just there's something about the magic arena client that either just makes the game more stressful than i need it to be or just i prefer to play in paper as i do in digital and i said this was fun i had a good time i want to go find a way to go play paper magic which is hopefully coming sooner rather than labor sooner rather than later in some places around my neck of the woods, thanks to vaccinations and, and what have you after that. But I did, I played a good amount of arena and it was fun for the time that I did it. And then I was like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm going to go try and find some friends and play some paper games. I did make two budget commander decks. I gave myself the, the price point of $45 to try and make two commander decks. I did make uh, a couple. One of them is a progenitus deck. That's all, Nothing but artifacts and mana rocks, as well as walls. <laughs> Why? Because progenitus, I always call progenitus Jenny. And progenitus. so, yeah, progenitus, if you will. But I always call, I call her, you know, I call progenitus Jenny. And it's all artifacts and walls. Why? So you're not fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm just Jenny from the block. That is the theme of the deck. You're darn right. That is what I put out there when I start playing. Have I won yet? God, no. Do I win? Do I win the eye roll battle? Hell yes, I do. Um, hey Nick, how much yes, editing? How much editing experience do you have? Uh, zero, but I'll I'll, I'll learn it. Uh, Will you learn it? Like yeah. we could, we could like give him a little ixnay on the brassier. Give who a what now? <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> get get who? Out. Do not do not speak pig Latin. I'm he doesn't sorry. speak pig Latin. I, I do. I just don't know who you're talking about. Oh, we're cutting out of our life already. I didn't know. Jeez. Oh, All right. Well, if, if they can't even hear me, 14 Brasky bucks to Brasky. I'm, we're coming up I'm with the awesome official puns. buck taker. You're, if nope. you're the official scorekeeper, you're just not logging. You're not logging the ledger, if you will. The ledger of Brasky bucks in this whole thing. How dare you? Okay. Well, wait till you hear about the other budget deck I put together. It's a Gen Arcanum Weaver deck that's all about enchantments, except they're all curses, and I foiled the whole thing out for an extra $10. You're such so, a nerd. Yep, you're darn right. So it's a curses deck <laughs> with again that's all foil. So what's it called? Curses foiled again. Yeah, it's exactly right. That is the name <laughs> of that other budget deck. Are these actually? 
actually real things? Are, are you telling us that you have a pile of cards based on a pun? Oh my god, you do. Oh god, I am currently yeah. showing them the Gen Arcanum Weaver Curses foiled budget deck. Oh it was god, $30 Nick. without foiling. With foiling, it ended up being like 50, 55 bucks, something Nick, like that. We literally created a monster. Y'all, there's just so many great things. Gravebreaker Lamia's in when here. When you originally <laughs> joined our podcast, you were mm-hmm. like, I play Hearthstone, but I've checked out this arena thing and I love podcasts, so I'll do this thing with you. It's true. Boy, have we created a monster. Look at what you've yeah, done. You know, Cruel like, realities look, look at in my here. budget Gen Arcane and Weaver deck. Look at yeah. our, oh, by the way, it's all foil. foil again. Yeah. Deck. yeah, Torment of Scarabs, that's a whole thing. Don't you worry. You're I a feel whole like thing. I, I've put a curse on this whole dang podcast, it feels like, just by talking about all of the janky pun decks that I've put together. Oh. Uh, I will continue on Should though. Have been a I w- segment. <laughs> it's there might be of like here we break down. We're gonna do a deck breakdown, a deck tech of all of Brasky's pun decks, just one by one. That's gonna be oh, absolutely. Fantastic. There's more. Oh yeah, no, I could totally come up with more. I just have two. You share ca- one with us every week. There we go. Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. It's gonna be Brasky's pun deck of the week for oh, all that's of our game. fun you, casual you, commander players. You give us the pun and like one or two cards in the deck, and then we guess the commander. Ooh. <laughs> or at the very least, like what the theme of the deck is. I like all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And then finally, uh, ready to announce my uh, new content, uh, making a new podcast uh, with a bunch of friends. And uh, the new podcast is going to be all around what I think is going to be the next big, big MMO action RPG out there. And that is going to be a Magic Legends podcast. It's going to work out great. I think, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to put together, I think it's going to go for, I don't know, two, three, four years. Um, I still haven't checked the internet in like, I don't know, maybe two weeks. So I think it's going to be great. Keep an eye out for it. I don't think there's going to be any issues. With it. Yeah, is, I, is it going to be yeah. foul friends and legends? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Famil uh, friends and magic legends. They just released an update. I think. Yeah. Really? There, yeah. There was a big announcement. Yeah. There was Twitter. a big announcement. Yeah. I can really? confirm got, with you. There's a huge, it announcement. got a lot of engagement. I will say. Yeah. People oh, were actually, actually, people were really happy. Uh, really? really? Actually. Yeah. So awesome. it must be a really big update, Caroline. Yeah. Would you say that their engagements were off the hizzle? I will tell you that for some reason, people's happiness towards the announcement did bother other people. It's unclear why. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to Google the words magic legends just right now. Here. I'm just wait? not going to look at it until the very end of the podcast. It's going to okay, be great. Yeah, it's very rude to be Googling and looking at things while we're talking. So please don't do it right now. This we, is true. We, yeah, We need no. your attention. That's podcast etiquette one-on-one from Caroline Cavanaugh. Because oh, yeah, yeah. we all need to heat. <laughs> yeah, we really need to heat her words in terms of. I don't think I've ever heard a magic podcast Sorry, what are we where I've about? heard like, you know, <laughs> mouse clicking or keyboards clacking in the background of any magic podcast podcast that i've ever listened to because everyone's always it's true you're better than some hosts that i've heard at some point where it's just being like how's everything else going (laughs) it's that's louder than the actual voice of the person itself oh well what's not as loud as that is the sound of horror and the reason why i say that is because we're moving on to the next big activity this one is scary this one is demonic even this one is led by nick price Nick, what is going to be the activity that we're going to be doing today for the podcast? Um, yeah. So I'm really excited that for this. That was the like, least I, horrific I, way to <laughs> introduce your game ever. I, I gave you something to at least like scare the people, and you started off with, um, yeah, after a yeah. long pregnant pause. 
What are we supposed to do with that, Nick? I'm not horrified at all now. No, I, I, I was just like, while you were talking about not, uh, while you're talking about like focusing on the podcast, I was like looking up Magic Legends content in the background. So I, I was thrown by your, you know, by your pushing to me. But yeah, so uh, the, I hope that this game is fun. It's called, um, it, the influences are pretty clear if you've listened to any Magic podcasts over the past, let's say, five years, but it is called Horror Movie magic card or both so uh because because it you know nicole's not here today um what we're gonna do is i'm gonna oh I'm gonna... that's who we're missing <laughs> <laughs> I, something felt off i couldn't this whole time we didn't have any hey howdy hey so <laughs> yeah thank you. I, I i i appreciate the admission that that i'm enough nick for both of us um so yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna we'll, you'll you'll take turns receiving like I'll give I'll give you I'll take turns giving you a name, and the name is either that of a magic card, a horror movie, or both. So um, I guess we'll do we'll do first to three gets like the most points. I'm not sure how to do the distribu- distribution of points because I'm not I'm not a point scientist. Well, let's take a look at the uh, currency that we have here. I'm gonna say between Caroline and I, uh, let's let's wager up here. Uh, five brassy bucks is gonna be is gonna be on the line here. Okay, so the, so okay. the winner gets five, the loser gets nothing. Correct. Yeah, yeah. it's take and... off because it's only just two people on this one. Nicole, by de facto of, of saying, I'm not going to be a part of this ridiculousness, gets one brasky buck, and then Nick gets two brasky bucks for running the game. Okay. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and to decide who goes first, um, who was the last person who ate a tropical fruit? Uh, I had a strawberry yesterday. Okay, not, not a tropical fruit. Not a um... tropical fruit. I had a mango last week. Last week, okay. I had Caroline, a mango popsicle that? this that, weekend. Mm, I'm, uh, it was a fresh mm, fruit popsicle. That was a. goes first. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. To, I'm gonna give the plate to Brasky then. Note to self: come up with a food commander deck around mangoes. Okay, continue. All right, Brasky. Is this a horror movie, a magic card, or both? Your question. Your your your. Your word is premonition. Premonition. I'm going to have to go with, and at this point I have now edited in like dun, 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 like suspenseful music. I'm going to have to go with both. Wow. You're wrong. Grass. Dang. Premonition was, is a horror wait, movie. Wait, wait, wait. Don't I get to guess? Oh. That's too late. No. Now. Yeah. No, uh, no he's already said it. it. Am I supposed to give it to you? All oh, right. Okay. No. 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 We'll, we'll just do, we'll just do a different one because I, I was okay. excited. My guess to, like... is it's a, it's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was excited to give the trivia after the. After I'm gonna the, the answer. I'm gonna cast do over on this podcast segment. And we get to start again. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Do you want to do it again? I, I have a lot. I have a wait, lot. That was, wait, that was our yeah, test. Yeah, that was our test one. That was yeah. the test. Okay. One. Okay. Where, 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 well, you should, you should okay. share your fact because I could. Yeah, give us your facts. give us your little trivia about this. Oh yeah, it's a premonition is a horror movie from 2007, star, uh, starring Sandra Bullock, and premonition is in the name of a commander uh, precon, but it is not a magic card. Well done. That's yeah. probably where I. That's probably what I got. That's where I went wrong. I've gone wrong in many places on this podcast, but that's where I went the most wrong. Oh yeah, extremely. Next one. Okay. Uh, I'm first. So, 
Okay. Yeah, this time Caroline, for realsies. Caroline, for realsies, you are first. Uh, is Carnival of Souls a magic card, a horror movie, or both? Oh, no. This is a good one. Um, I'm going to say a horror movie. Only. Only. That's incorrect. Wow. Jeez. Okay. I mean, this sounds like a Rakdos card from, like, Ravnica Allegiance or something of that nature. Carnival of Souls? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say both. Yeah. You were right, Brasky. Really? Yeah. I, I'm right in how I, I, I conducted the game from the start. I did it correctly, and you got you got the answer correct. It, it, a, it is an indie horror movie from 1962, as well as being a black enchantment uh, from Urza's Destiny that says, whenever a creature comes into play, you lose one life and add black to your mana pool. Dang, I was way off. Urza's Destiny. So that's a, that's a big, it's a throwback both in the film and the magic card sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Impressive. On to the next one. So, Brasky, this is your this is your question, and then if you get it wrong, I'll pass it to Caroline. I'm already feeling good um, about this, Caroline. Bone tomahawk. Bone tomahawk. Yep. Bone tomahawk. I don't think. I mean, either this is like a C like C level horror movie, like something that you find in like the you know five movies in one like DVD thing in like Walmart or something like that. I'm gonna go with just Magic Card. Wrong. Caroline. What? Uh, I'm going to go with just horror movie. You were right, Caroline. Wow, Brasky yeah. has like very little appreciation for Kurt Russell. And <laughs> the, it is a 2015 Western horror film that got 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is not, it is very far away from a C. Sorry, <laughs> a, C a Western horror film? Yeah. Called Bone Tomahawk? Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Kurt Russell, Richard Jenkins, Matthew Fox, Patrick Wilson. It's about cannibals. <laughs> this is great. This is insane. What year was that movie made? 2015. Get out of here. Yeah, it was a film festival movie. Wow. Okay. Bone Tomahawk. All right. Well, adding that to, to you know yeah, the date yeah. night movie list right there. <laughs> okay, Caroline. Let's go. Uh, you're... Your word is deadfall. Deadfall. I think deadfall is only a magic card. Brasky, Caroline, is incorrect. Oh, no. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so you said deadfall? Yep. And she said it was only a magic card. Yep. I'm going to have to say both. Yep, you were right. It is both. Caroline, I, I will let you salvage a point if you can tell me what color Deadfall is. Black. No, it is green. It is a green no. enchantment no. from Legends. Creatures no. with Forest Walk may be blocked as if they did not have this ability. What? <laughs> wow. Is that, is that, you said that that's an enchantment? Yeah, it's an enchantment from Legends. Wow. Okay, what are, what are the scores real quick? Is it, is it? I think Brasky has two, and I have one. Yeah, that, okay. Yeah, that that checks. Okay, so Brasky, uh, yes. This is this was for the third point. Is that does that mean you win the game if you get this? Or are we doing best? I think so. Best yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First so. of three. Okay, okay, Brasky. For the game, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. 
Mm-hmm. I know that's a movie. Is it a card, though? Man, ooh, man, this is tough. All right, I'm just going to have to... You know, everything's been both this entire time, so I'm just going to keep going with it. I'm going to say both. You're right. I mean, Bowen Tomahawk was only a movie, but you did get this one. Dawn of the Dead, aside from being a classic horror movie, is a two black, black, black enchantment from Torment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste, and you exile it at the beginning of the next step. Good job, Brasky. Really? Okay, that's going in my Obeka deck. And, and yeah, okay, I like where this is going. See, I'm learning good stuff to put in my decks, and I am so, learning about cinema. Brasky has five points now. Wow, that he's too strong to be left alive. Too strong. Too strong, my friends. I'm way too strong. Much like some of the cards that we will be discussing. I've got a because... million more titles, by the way, so we, we, well, we could like, play this again You hold off on it for another point. time. Yeah, there will be I, another I will, time that but, we do this game. But I'm just proud of myself for identifying so many like things that are either or both and that sound like they could be more. I think so. But right now, I'm too powerful. But you know what uh, might be even more powerful? Some of the cards from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. And that's because, well, now we're going to discuss them a little bit. Because what we like to do whenever a new set comes out, you might notice this, we did this with Strixhaven a while back as well, is we like to go through some of the some of the cards and not necessarily like go through each card like one by one because that would take way, way too long. This would be like a four-part mini-series event of going through all the Forgotten Realms cards. Instead, we have a few specific categories that we want to discuss of the cards that we really, really enjoy. And so for that, we're going to start with each category and we're going to kind of get everyone's little opinion on that card in that specific category and then run down from there. So some of the things that we have are things like card we think will have the biggest impact on standard, the best flavor, the best artwork, and more and more and more. So that's what we're going to talk about right now is our, uh, our favorite card picks from Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. So let's kick it off right away with the category of Card that we think will have the biggest impact on standard, or I'll put a caveat on this one, card that we think will have the biggest impact on standard after rotation and Throne of Eldraine is gone. Caroline, let's start with you. What card do you think is going to have the biggest impact on standard? Okay, so I have to come clean. I was fairly close to just putting Basic Island (laughs) as the answer to this question. Um, But just before we started recording, Sam sent me like a group chat the, this new card called kick in the door so it's a it's a one mana red sorcery it says put a plus one plus one counter on target creature that creature gains haste until end of turn and cannot be blocked by walls this turn oh my progenitus deck is useless <laughs> yes wow i'm so smart and then it has bonus text that says venture into the dungeon which is this new mechanical uh contraption like uh, thing so this card is quite similar to other enchantments of of old, including Cartouche of Red. I can't remember what it's called. Um, and Hammer Hands. Both are notoriously good in Red Deck Wins and, and were good in, in you know their formats of Red Deck Wins. Like Hammer Hands was in a boss slide deck that was pretty sweet. Um, so it's got all the potential. I will say the Hammerhands and the Cartouches had a clause that said uh, target creature can't block this turn, which is a, a lot better than this text, which says can't be blocked by walls. So it loses that. But Venture into the du- Dungeon must be... It, it, it likely seems to be a, a cool addition to a card like this. So I would see that this will, this will have play. Yeah, I like see that. <laughs> I like that pick as well, just for the fact of it's nice to see some like 
cheap venturing mechanics that also just have general good use purpose. Like I could also see this just getting used regardless of whether or not you want to venture into the dungeon or not. It's like, great. Oh yeah, I'll venture into the dungeon, but maybe it's not the sole purpose that you have it there. Just doing a, a one mana, give something haste and a plus one plus one. Heck yeah. Why not? I think that's a good move. Absolutely. I think uh, uh, on my end, if I'm looking at like a card that I think will have the biggest impact on standard, particularly, I think also like post rotation standard, is the one that like is probably not a surprise to a lot of people of like it's probably going to have an impact on a lot of formats and that is the old uh, uh, the demilich which is the the creature skeleton wizard that's a 4/3 for 4 blue but it costs 1 blue less to cast for each instant and sorcery spell you've cast this turn and when it attacks you exile up to one target instant and sorcery card from your graveyard you copy it and you can cast that copy but that's not all because everything needs to have seven paragraphs on a card you can cast image from your graveyard by exiling four instant and or sorcery cards from your graveyard in addition to paying another card my goodness this thing is just basically a lot of text to basically say and you get a 4-3, and another 4-3, and another 4-3. I know it'll probably have a bigger impact on some other formats, but I could see, especially post-rotation, There's someone's going to try to break that card, and that's the first card I saw. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, at least it wasn't Simic that got the broken card. That's what I thought. That pretty had like the, the biggest impact on standard is Demulich. Nick, what is the card that you are looking at that you think might have the biggest impact on standard? Yeah, so my my list is actually like a, um of all, of all the categories, I filled them all with white cards because I'm you know I'm pretty optimistic. You know, white's been uh, undoubtedly, indisputably the you know the worst color, maybe sometimes competitive with black over the past six months to a year. You know, in, in standard or in, you know even more f- formats. But I think that the this set has is doing a lot for white cards, and so I've tried to kind of. Uh, show off the white cards I think are, are go- going to be relevant. And I'm pretty excited for this one mana white artifact called Portable Hole. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, exile target, non-land permanent, and opponent controls with mana value two or less until it leaves the battlefield. So it's a lot like Glass Casket, but it's cheaper. And more interestingly, it exiles any permanent, uh, any non-land permanent. So, you know, it, there might be some pesky equipment you want to get rid of. You know, there might be an enchantment that, that you need to deal with in a in a color, you know, in a deck that normally can't deal with it. So I'm pretty excited for, for this card, not only in standard, but in older formats as well. Yeah, I, I like that card. I do think that they kind of missed a, missed an opportunity with the artwork here. I wish, like, I hope at some point there is a secret layer, like, who framed Roger Rabbit? Because that was always the big thing. They had, like, those animated, like, holes that they could just throw against a wall or oh, something yeah. like that. I want oh, that version. But yeah, I want that, but like, give me a secret layer version that's just like Detective Valiant or Roger Rabbit throwing a hole against a wall and then jumping through it, like that kind of thing. <laughs> sounds that sweet. Sounds now we move on to our next category, which is best flavor. There's a lot of flavor in Dungeons and Dragons and making a magic set out of Dungeons and Dragons. So there's a lot of pieces to the flavor, and I'm actually interested to see like what people like what was the best flavor for them like what they thought was the the coolest spot from that and so uh for that i'm i'll, I'll kick it off on this one and for me best flavor as someone who plays D and often plays as like a rogue or is doing like sneaky things or doing other you know casting spells that can mess up opponents and and all of that kind of stuff tasha's hideous laughter which is one in double blue each opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they have exiled cards with a total mana value of 20 or more. Oh my goodness. I don't, 
I don't know what kind of jank I'm going to be doing with this card, but I'm going to be doing some jank with this card. That is for sure. But also like the D and D player in me sees that card and just says chef's kiss. It's not the card oh, yeah? chef's kiss, but I absolutely love that card. Yes. Okay. Carol. Well, I don't, I've never played D and D, so I have no idea. Yeah, it is like when you cast wow, it. Wow, like, Caroline, you've never played D and D. What D's, guys? Jeez, me, I mean, Jeez. me neither. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like the 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 D and D version of Tasha's hideous laughter is you cast a spell on an enemy, and they end up just like so in, in, engulfed in laughter that they literally cannot do anything else but just laugh their ass off for a while. What a so big you bully! Can, like, Tasha get an attack is. if you need to. I know Tasha is is pretty pretty bullish and bullyish in her hideous laughter. So I saw that and I said, awesome. Like that was that was kind of one of my best pieces of like flavor that I saw. Se- a close second was definitely long rest because that's just kind of universal in the D&D realm and the what they do with the card of long rest is actually pretty good too. I thought that was pretty pretty awesome. Uh Caroline, when you think of best flavor, what is it? Okay, so I have a good answer here. Um the card i picked for best flavor was hold on i have to make sure i pronounce it somewhat correct i think it's pronounced bullet um but i've been calling it bullet <laughs> um okay uh, so it's, it's clearly bulletty <laughs> so it's the, it's the four mana like three and a green three three but what i believe it's based on is like one of the like the pets or companions that you can get in D. yeah this, I shouldn't really go too deep on this because I don't really know. The only reason I picked this is because why well, I don't play D&D, friends of mine do, and I've been really following Gabby Sparks's, like journey with her. She picked up a bullet and then changed, like named it. And this is Bruce, adventures. right? Bruce, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so seeing that card getting spoiled, I was like, oh, I know who this is. And that was that was the best flavor for me because it's the only thing I knew about D&D was that Bruce is thick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I know. So that was why I liked that one. I like that. If we like, if we have like a, a Cliff's notes of this, it's like best flavor for Caroline. Uh, bullet. Why? Because Bruce is thick. Like, Bruce is thick. Boom, boom, boom. Well, Nick, if Bruce Bruce is thick, Nick might not be thick, but he at least has a pick for best artwork in or best flavor, I should say, in this set. Nick, Rusty? what is your pick? This so this is this is cheating and it's also like very vague because I I have never played D and D before but I'm I just love all of the cards that venture so you know there are a lot of creatures in the set and I guess spells as well that that have like venture into the dungeon as a as a rider or as an additional effect some of them are ETB some of them are attack triggers I think a couple venture if you do other things like when you cast something and i just love i just love that you know that that whole flavor and every creature that ventures i think is super is super flavorful you know some of them are decked out with their with their weapons and armor to, to deal with the dungeon some of them you know it it just it perfectly lines up with how i'd how i'd imagine a D set to look as someone who has never played D. you know it's interesting of the fact that like i have some friends that are that play D&D and occasionally play Magic, and I have some friends that play a lot of Magic and occasionally play D&D. And for some of them, like for, for a lot of my friends that play Magic and D&D, they look at the dungeons going, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Three dungeons, we can do these things. I wonder like, how really impactful. Either, either we're going to play them for another two years or they're not going to have much impact at all. And all of my D&D friends who kind of play Magic are sitting there just being like, three dungeons? Are you kidding me? There needs to be at least you know, 10, 15, 20 like 30 dungeons. And I'm just like, 
from a design standpoint, you can't have that. And even then they're just like, no, you could totally make 30 dungeons. I'm like, no, no. One of those is going to be very, very broken. If you had like more than three dungeons to venture into it's, I, I love the mechanic, but I do wonder at the same time, it's like, is it ever just going to lose its, its panache of like, I'm going to venture into a dungeon. One that I've always ventured into so many other times, unless that, that big dungeon where you can cast something like without paying its mana cost, maybe that just like gives you that feeling of like, yeah, I finally made it. Like I, I'm very interested to see how that mechanic plays out. I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious about it too. Mm -hmm. But while I'm curious about it, I also want to know what the best artwork for this set is. So when it comes to best artwork, the, the artwork that you enjoy the most, Caroline, what is your pick for best artwork? Okay. So I was also struggling on this because to find the best artwork, I just scrolled through all the cards and looked for the cutest character, except that there just wasn't any. So I was kind of sad. And then um, it was pointed out to me that I didn't have full information because Minsk, the beloved ranger, does make a token. And that token wasn't displayed on the page I was looking at. And that token's name is literally named Boo. It's a Aww. legendary creature that's a hamster, and it has trample haste. So it's a one-one. It's, it's a one-one trample haster. It's adorable. Yeah. So I this is my favorite, and and I would be so inclined to even consider making a commander deck around this character. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think as well. It's it's. I love the flavor text of it. That the fact of just like when you send that hamster out, it's literally just mints going. Go for the eyes, Boo. Go for the eyes. Well, the thing is, is, like, most tokens don't have flavor text, so that's pretty cool. Exactly. I think it's actually, it's at least smart for them that I was looking at just going, oh, man, Trample Haste won one. That's kind of insane. Oh, it's a legendary token. So at the very least, you can't, without some shenaniganery, like, I'm looking at this from a commander's perspective, being like, oh, man, if there was a anointed procession out and you're just making a bunch of boo tokens and buffing them up and getting them. I was like, no, thank God. Oh they're my God, you can make it a giant. Well, I mean, you, hamsters, oh, yeah. do, hamsters do like multiply pretty quickly, right? So I know, right? It's like they yeah. multiply quickly, but since they're legendary, they're all going to die unless you have like, I don't know, Helm of the Host. Can you put that on a token? I think you can. You definitely can put that on the token. Darn right. All right. Adding that to the list of things I need to do. Put Helm of the Host on boo. And then there's something I can do with boo. That's going to be a... And then the second one should be named Boo Boo, and then Boo Boo Boo, and then <laughs> Boo 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 Boo. I like it. I like it. I was going to make a Rad Boo deck and call it Boo Radley. Nah, we'll move on from that one. There's other things we can do with that one. When it comes to best artwork, Nick, what is your favorite? Okay, so again, I, I know next to nothing about D&D, but I, I found this really cool because uh, I, I discovered it like from on my Twitter timeline. So there's a white mythic. It's the Book of Exalted Deeds, white, white, white. So leg it's a legendary artifact. And the artwork is a, is a badass angel holding a, like a kind of gilded book. And, you know, like it, when I saw the art, I was like, wow, that's cool. But then the tweet that I saw had the artwork side by side with... Um, I'm not sure if it was a D&D &D manual or if it's some sort of companion volume. I can look it up real quick. But but the that that book, you know, that that D&D &D book is called the Book of Exalted Deeds. So in D&D, &D, the book exists and it has the same cover art as um it has the same cover art as the book that the angel in the art of Book of Exalted Deeds is holding. Uh, okay, so apparently it's an optional source book for 3.5 uh, for 3.5 edition. So that that is super cool. It's just a callback, to and it's something that will get uh, D and D players nostalgic. And even if I didn't know anything about it, just reading about the callback and the nostalgia makes me feel like, you know, I'm happy to be, you know, taking part in this 
this additional fandom aside from magic. Heck yeah. Not to mention that the card itself has some things that just make me go, okay, I need to try and make that happen. Yeah. And that, things that make you go a... boo. <laughs> oh, <no. Ooh. laughs> Any response is not right. It's all we're just playing into his hands, Caroline. That's all we're doing with this. Fine. Go for the eyes. <laughs> I think if I'm going to pick best artwork, I judge best artwork based off of like, do I want a playmat of this art? Oh, like that, okay. that, that's how I judge best artwork. And so for me, there was two that like stood out, but the one that I like, I looked at like the, the just the general look of it and the colors and all that kind of stuff. Teleportation circle of just like this cool, like, you know, you see this thing kind of getting vaporized, but it's not like vaporized, like it's dying. It's going to be sent off somewhere and you have this cool like light up look to it inside of a cave kind of situation. I was like, okay, that that is something I'd be interested in. I would make a playmat out of that. Of course, teleportation circle is like the uh, the three and a white enchantment at the beginning of your end step, exile it to one target artifact or creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Just a nice little, nice little blink effect that you can put on something as an enchantment. So that's what I like. My backup for that, though, just being if I'm playing a card game and I'm making a playmat of something, is the deck of many things. I was like, yeah, I just get a deck of many things playmat and then just start, you know, play my card games on top of it. It just seemed so meta, but in a good way. That's what I kind of liked about it. And after that of artwork, there is the card that we think people are sleeping on. The one that's like, y'all y'all don't think this is as good as it is, or at the very least, like, I'm going to do some janky stuff with this card. That's the card that everyone is sleeping on. Nick, what is the card that you think everyone's sleeping on? Yeah, so you're, you're never going to be able to do janky stuff with this card because it's such a it's such a spike card it's a dawnbringer cleric one a white for a one three it's just like it's just the perfect sideboard card one one in a white one three human cleric when it enters the battlefield you get to choose one you gain two life you destroy an enchantment or you exile a card from a graveyard it's it's i i love cards like this as a you know most as a mostly competitive player because it it reduces the number of sideboard slots you need to devote uh to a particular matchup and it just makes it so that you know your sideboard does more. So I could see that bringing this in in different matchups. Like I, I don't know if it'll be relevant right away or if we're gonna have to wait until post rotation. But I just think that this is the type of card that's gonna be great coming out of the sideboard while it's legal and standard. I like that. I like that spot. Um, I should have gone first. <laughs> Why is that? Well, the card that I said that everyone is sleeping on is called Charmed Sleep. <laughs> I didn't really think that many cards were going to be that good in standard, but Nick's answer is so good, and he took the question seriously, so I feel kind of bad. Yeah, but like Nick, okay, Nick did the spike thing. He gets one Brasky buck for, okay. for actually taking the category oh, seriously. Brasky you buck. for picking, nice. Caroline, a, for, for picking Charmed Sleep. I have get, a backup. No, no backups needed. That's two Brasky bucks for just literally for, for picking the literal card. I'm going to give you two Brasky bucks for that one. But what is your backup? My backup is Poisonous Troll. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. No, no, wait. That's a different category. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a pretty Two Brasky bucks for the two Brasky we're, bucks we're not, I just gave we're you. Not cutting the, we're not cutting this from the episode, right? Like, we need, like people oh, need no, to hear I this. Forgot. Let's I got in. mixed up on yeah. the category. Okay, keep going. Never mind. <laughs> oh man, the, the the card that I think that everyone was sleeping on. So I did have I did have cards that I listed on here of like cards that I think that everyone was sleeping on. I had like fly, which was you know the 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 blue uh, venture like the blue enchantment where if it's something makes 
uh, if something deals damage to a, a player, you get a venture. And I had like Book of Exalted Deeds just because like Platinum Angel is one of my favorite magic cards and any chance I have to make a Platinum Angel, uh, I will do so. But the thing that I think the card that everyone is sleeping on is actually cards that I think everyone is sleeping on. And that aren't even cards from the set. And those are the party mechanic cards from Zendikar Rising. I think we have so many pieces of, of oh. even though party mechanic is not in Adventures of the Forgotten Realms, I think there's so many clerics and wizards and rogues and other things that out of nowhere, we're going to see all of these party mechanic cards from Zendikar Rising, especially post-rotation, start to just show up and be, oh, look at how good these cards are now in this in this certain context. So that's what I'm going to say is the card zizzes that everyone's sleeping on is all the party mechanic cards from Zendikar Rising. Yeah, that's that's a good answer. I think I do think that there are a lot of powerful party cards, and we just need adventures to rotate before we we build around another kind of creature centric mechanic. Exactly, exactly. I think people might be sleeping on some of those cards and other types of mechanics in there, which is why you know I will feel very smug when that happens. I'll be sitting back with a with a beer or some other type of beverage in hand, and I'll be I'll be pontificating to my friends about how smart I was. To, to say that the party mechanic is going to be very, very good post-rotation. And why? Because I will basically have the look of Volo, Guide to Monsters, which is the card that I have as the, if I was a card in this set, it would be. Because I just think that is in general what I'm doing. He's got a book. He's reading some lore. He's having a, he's having a drink and probably, you know, telling stories to his friends in many different ways. And if you've ever seen me in a social situation, I am probably just the walking incarnate version of Volo, Guide to Monsters. If I was not volo i would probably be boo but i'm i'm Aww. probably not i'm not Aww. gonna go for the eyes i'm not gonna try and really like thrash at people and all that kind of stuff i'm most likely gonna be volo guide to monsters but Brass, caroline you, yes you you do go for the eyes because you are an exceedingly handsome individual get Ooh. out of here two brassy two brassy bucks for nick <laughs> yeah right we, we had to turn webcams off because i was too distracting to all of to, to Nick as one of my co-hosts. I'm so sorry about that, by the way. Two brassy bucks to Nick for that one, by the way. Got Caroline, it. if you were a magic card in this set, what would you be? I have I, a feeling I know the answer to So that. I put two... Okay, I'll give my real answer. My real answer was Prosperous Innkeeper. Because that would be a great job. Uh, and the art is really cute. He's just so happy to invite people into his inn. But... I also is a halfling citizen, which is which is not a common creature type. That's pretty cool. Uh, the answer I was going to give as a joke was poisonous troll. <laughs> but uh, I think I've never heard that one before. I actually did a really good job of being a troll by giving it to the wrong category. <laughs> it was really yeah no yeah. I mean that was that was the best like that was the best troll you could have done if it was like. <laughs> I mean, you rolled troll. the one. She rolled the one <laughs> and trolled the herself. One on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I gotta say, Caroline, when you pick Prosperous Innkeeper and just the artwork of Prosperous Innkeeper, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's Caroline. It's so me, right? It's like, come on in, I, come in, like it's nice in here. I'm awesome. And then, and then inside is the poisonous troll. <laughs> <laughs> just like, ha that's, that's my Discord, actually. Gotcha. It's me on the outside being like, oh, Mooseland is great, and then inside is. Me as poisonous troll. Exactly. That's, that's perfection. Top to bottom. Love it. Nick, if if you were a guard in this set, what would you be? Um, I would be Flumph. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah, just just a flump, just a a two mana O four defender flying when whenever flump is dealt damage. Yeah, you 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 target opponent each draw card. Yeah, just just a flump. I'm just flump flumping around. Just kind of sitting there, but also if like if yeah. maybe folks want to have some fun or jank stuff, and you just show up with your spike decks, and you just, yeah, just be ABF. like, you know what, flump. ABF, always be flumping. <laughs> <laughs> the new podcast from Nick Price, friends and flumps. Faff of Flumpf is what we'll call it on that one. Flumpf and Fajic. All, all day, all the time. And now that brings us to, well, I, I think just real quick going through stuff is we'll do the uh, the, the card that's finally going to push Grixis over the edge. I think this is the big one. Everyone needs to know about it. Obviously, I get to go first on this one, and that's going to be Grim Wander. You're darn right. It's a 5-3 with Flash that you can cast. Only if a creature died this turn. All I'm going to say about it is just, it's two mana, five, three. And if something dies, that looks broken as heck. Finally, Grixis takes its rightful place in the meta. I'm going to love it. Caroline, what do you think is the card that Grix it's finally going to put push Grixis over the edge? The card that I wrote here was Tasha's Hideous Laughter, because it's never going to happen, Rasky. <laughs> that was uh, that was what I I did. Plus, yeah, I'm, plus I'm gonna two I'm gonna plus cast two brassy uh, bucks to uh, to Caroline. I'm she gonna cast a power word bread. kill on this category because Grixis will never be playable again. Thanks. All right, so uh, minus four to Nick. Oh no, plus two to Caroline. Nick is at half a point. Great, fantastic. Where are you at right now? Four. Four. Okay, great. Uh, well, Nick did run a, a pretty decent game category as well. So give Nick another Brasky buck for okay. that one. And because nice. I'm sure Nicole would actually embrace my Grixis thing, let's give Nicole plus four Brasky what? bucks. How, yeah. how? She's, she's not even here. That actually was Nicole at five and the winner of the episode. <laughs> Perfect. Even better. Congratulations, Congratulations to Nicole, Nicole. Callahan. Nicole. She so wins it, she another gets to episode. Come up with two rules because she yeah. didn't get to do one for this episode. Two rules on this one. Fantastic. Boy, I, how does she do it? I'm not exactly sure. We'll get to learn all of the tips and tricks of how to win Brasky Bucks even when you're not here. We call that passive Brasky income. Okay. That's what we need to know from this whole thing. But those are the cards that we think uh, are some of our favorites and our big picks from Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. And we want to know what your picks are. What was your favorite artwork? What's the best flavor? What's the card you think that people are sleeping on? Well, let us know. That's all you got to do. In, in whichever way, you know, whether or not you want to hit us up on Twitter, whether or not you want to find us on any of the awesome discords around the internets as well, or maybe you just want to leave us a review on the podcasting platform of your choice, that's how you can reach us in that way. And that's going to do it for this episode. But before we bounce out of here, we always want to know where my co-casters can be found on the internet on all the awesome things that they're going to be up to. So, Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, you can find me at MTG on Twitter. And yeah, that, that's currently the only place you can find me aside from this podcast. I may be doing, um, you know, ca uh, casting from time to time. And yeah, where you'll be able to find me posting about limited decks and, and, and making jokes like, Brasky, uh, what would your comedy podcast be called? I don't know. What would it be called? It would be called Bill Grennan Barrett. Well done. Oh my goodness! Well done. Plus two Brasky bucks for Nick on that one. That's no, Nicole already one. won. I'm not changing it. Oh <laughs> wait, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, he's still behind. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's still yeah. Nicole's still winning. Don't worry about it. I'm he's not gonna push laughing. him. I'm not gonna push him over the edge like that. Okay. Next, Caroline, where can people find you on the internet, and where are you gonna be up to? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on Instagram at The Mighty Linguini, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash The Mighty Linguini. I stream on Wednesdays. I always have a magic guest. We don't always play magic. Um, I'm not up to a ton. It is my birthday tomorrow or the day before you listen to this for when it comes out. Um, and so... I have some birthday stuff this weekend, including going to the zoo. Ooh. I'm very excited. Heck yeah. Fantastic. Of course, if anyone wants to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Brasky1142, occasionally casting different card game esports tournaments, or perhaps after looking at that awesome innkeeper that was a halfling citizen that Caroline pointed out, that just gives me an idea for a new deck that I'm going to be making, which is all going to be about uh, artifact equipments and citizens, most of the equipments are going to be things like Felden's cane, so I'm going to make Citizen Cane. That's what I'm going to be up to for my last piece of putting a deck together for Magic the Gathering. And, of course, we always want to hear what you think about the podcast, whether or not you leave it on iTunes or Spotify or any other places that you like to listen to this podcast. Always keep an eye out for the next episode because who knows what we'll be talking about, but we always know it's going to be about Magic or the Gathering, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm ready. <laughs>